Thursday, December 17th, 2009, upon further review, episode number 74. This week we take on robot movies, gaming systems, and podcasts about Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, it's a world of geeks out there, and we're just living in it. Okay, upon further review, I'm Greg. I'm Clea. And we want to welcome everybody to show number 74. It has been about two months since our last show. It has been a very long time. And I'm sorry that we were not able to do updates and things of that kind at the normal rate of speed that we would, but um, ultimately life has to come first for the show as much as we'd like doing the show. But in any case, we appreciate um, you sticking with us over uh, the last couple of months, uh, despite the fact that it's been a while since our last show. You're not going to say the specifics? No. Okay. Well, so Cenevine's okay, just so you don't... Oh, yeah, yeah, Cenevine's fine. (laughs) Yeah, that's... Yeah, Cenevine's fine. Everything's okay in that regard. Well, I mean, I I guess, uh, you know, my mother passed away, um, and uh, so there's been a lot to deal with and she was you know my father had passed away about 11 years ago so you know things relating to her house and um you know selling things and dealing with the estate and all that kind of stuff so it's been difficult but in any case um you know we're back now and we have our usual set of things to review after we got a good show today we do we have a lot of good stuff on the awesome show today i have Uh, to say um and i'm pretty excited about that so we're going to start by reviewing a movie which is a little bit older uh well not super old it came out last year but the movie is I think pretty well known to everyone who's listening, and that is Wally. Disney's uh, actually Pixar Studios through Disney's Wally about a, a little alien robot and uh, the things he does. It's not an alien. I shouldn't say that right. A little robot um, who meets an al- a probe that is a super powerful uh, probe. <laughs> Never mind. Anyway, we'll talk about it when we get there. I'm a little rusty. It's been two months. So we're going to talk about um, the movie first and our impressions of it. Then we're going to move on to talk about the PlayStation 3. As I mentioned, it's been a lousy couple of months, and because of that, we decided ultimately to do something nice and so we ended up getting a PlayStation 3 and in fact we watched Wally the Blu-ray on our PlayStation 3 Blu-ray player so mm-hmm. very high definition very exciting uh, so we're going to talk about that and maybe talk about a couple of the games that we've had a chance to play on it thus far and then we will move on to finish by talking about something we've been meaning to talk about for a month or two but again we just haven't had time and that is the uh, D&D podcast and this uh, Dungeons and Dragons podcast from Wizards of the Coast we think this is a lot of fun and we will sort of explain the deal with that when we get there Okay. So we're going to start out with Wally, and uh, is this really the webpage? A Disney yes. Go.com. Okay, well, if anyway, if you just do, you know, if you do a search for Wally and Disney, I think you would probably find it there as well. I just did Wally movie. Wall. Okay. Space E space movie and right. I got it. So this came out uh, last year, as I said, and it actually won the Oscar award for um, best animated feature film, and I believe it was up for the best feature film period, and actually was up for a Hugo Award. I was I was there at the um, Hugo Awards and Worldcon a couple of months ago. This was one of the ones that was listed along with The Dark Knight and a couple of Hellboy Two, I think, and a couple of others as well. And it got an enormous amount of hype when it came out. And having seen the movie now, I think we can sort of understand a little bit as to why. Essentially, the movie followed 
follows the life of this robot called Wally, who essentially has been left behind to clean up the incredible amount of trash and garbage on the planet Earth. Basically, Earth has become so filled with trash that the people have had to leave on these massive spaceships while the planet was cleaned up by the robots that were left behind. It was a five-year plan. Right. The problem was that, in fact, there was so much trash that it was way, way more than five years, and what they ultimately decided was, you know, well, I won't talk about that because I don't want to spoil the movie, but the point was that it was five years and we're now sort of 700 years in the future. So the people who were left on the spaceships, the descendants of the descendants of the descendants of the descendants, are a lot different than the ones who initially left Earth. And Wally has just continued to do what he does. And yet, as you might expect, Wally is a robot that is a little bit unusual in that he has sort of gained a personality over time. So he's almost like a hoarder, I guess. Not a hoarder, but he's a collector. So he collects garbage. Like he collects bubble wrap and, you know, Rubik's Cubes and things like that that he he finds. finds. Well, you know what? Actually, I mean, I don't think it's unusual because I think once you get to see all any robot in that has a personality. That's true. It's actually not unusual. That's true. One of the things that's interesting about the movie is that they made the robots human, but not too human. And we listened to a little bit of the commentary track where the director said that that was one of his goals was to avoid making it too human and too sort of, you know, obviously changing the design of the robots so that it really, it's just like they have arms and legs. He wanted it to very much look like a a robot and use use the design of the robot, um, work a little bit harder to make whatever it is that the robot is actually find a way to make that look like a personality instead of just giving it like short circuit. You have that short circuit movie. The robot had arms and everything. It was... Pretty much, it was like a human just had the rolly legs. Right. While in in Wally, they they tried to keep him looking like a trash compactor. Like pretty much, his body is made of is everything that just it needs to do its job nothing added right though that said what it's able to do within that context is pretty amazing and they used a lot of things like buster keaton and charlie chaplin and things like that to sort of study expressions and things like that so that his eyes which look kind of like vaguely like binoculars can actually fold down slightly to give it the impression sort of a humanish impression a sort of sad sack oh you know type of thing well it was also Um, the how to express plot without any words because the the other reason why they studied it. That's right, because the first 40 minutes or so of this film has practically no dialogue, right. which is for an animated feature that is supposed to be appealing to kids, that's pretty extraordinary. I mean, that, it, that it's able to do that. And as we'll talk about in a second, of course, it's dealing with more than just kids. There's also an adult message here as well. And so it basically follows him and the uh, also this other um, robot that he meets, which is a very, very new sort of super advanced probe robot uh, called Eva. Uh, and no. Eva, too, has her own kind She's of... She's called Eve, but he calls her oh, Eva. Oh, he calls her Eva, Eve. And he, too, has... She, too, has her own sort of personality and, uh, you know, kind of an unusual. I mean, as they they described him as being like a dump truck, and she's like a Porsche. But you know, still, she has her own sort of appeal in the way that they handle the eyes and everything else. And really, they don't really say a lot. I mean, she basically Tech- says like Wally directive, and you know, maybe that's, that's it. it. And Wally basically says, you know, Wally, Wally and, direct- and Eva, Eva and, directive. and directive. I mean, you know, they don't really say any words, um, and yet they convey everything based upon their movements, their actions. Yeah, I mean, technically, it's a love story. Yep. But from the from the love story and the two lovers trying to come together, they alter humanity. Right. And so pretty much that's the gist of it. Yep. And it's worth it's worth seeing because it is somewhat refreshing that it's not just banging you over the head with plot and with dialogue. Right. And I do think that it's charming. 
I also like a few that there's two shorts in it. Well, actually, I guess just one short that does on a little bit of one of the side characters. And so you really get to see how much they put into it. It's somewhat like Greg always talks about the Lord of the Rings. Like there's all these things you don't even really notice because they did all of the little details and all the designs of yeah. the characters that you don't even necessarily each robot had its own specific design that they toiled over and and wally has his collection of little treasures that he found like you know like ariel ariel and the little mermaid and there's all they made specific choices of each of them and there's like hundreds in his little little compartment but you don't even really realize so um so they did go into painstaking detail and, and that does therefore create a very vivid effect and you know this the a lot of the way that they describe the world around them is interesting because as is the case with most really really fine you know animated films this one really has a, me- a social message and a message which speaks to adults as well as children there are a lot of subtleties that children probably won't get that adults will and i was struck by now now when this came out a lot of people said this is this extraordinary new tale i didn't find it as groundbreaking as that but i did think that especially for disney this is pretty brave stuff i mean for them to do i was actually surprised it's pretty edgy for disney because you know it really is making it really is sort of satirizing the circumstances that Disney promotes. I mean, it satirizes consumerism. It can it satirizes capitalism. Right. Um, it obviously is, has an environmental message. It's funny because the director, who is by the way the same guy who directed Toy Story and uh, Finding Nemo, the director was going on about how you know. Oh, and I some people will have talked about this social message, but really that's not the way my brain worked. And I predicted to Clea. It's like I guarantee they're going to say there's no message, and that's absolutely ridiculous. And it's a lie. I mean, it's completely not true. Well, his, of course, there's a social message. Well, his there's point, a big social his point was it. that it wasn't that he he wanted to create a social movie for a particular social social message. His point was is that he had these ideas and then they complete com, um, you know germinated and became into this thing. And of course, so he said so. I guess he would say that the social message came out because those are some of the ideas bouncing around in his head. But it wasn't like his specific goal to say I want to talk about consumerism and how you know we're destroying. Um, the earth instead of taking care of it, which we should be. Fair enough. Um, I mean, I I think that, you know, when you see what has become of the human beings who have not really had to do a lot for themselves for, you know, centuries, I think you can get a sense of, you know, there will be some sort of surprising resonances with modern day culture. I'll just put it that way. I mean, we did, we just had a game day yesterday and we were a little surprised by one of our friends take on the movie and he, he was offended by what he saw as a clear message of, you know, putting down consumerists right well he's a conservative who loves free market economy so i guess it figures but i mean it's it's pretty hard and i i found you know the movie in that sense moving in that it's able to convey again through the power of a love story and the focus is always the best movies always have a focus on the story right but the focus on the story allows that social social message to come through and And you liked it too because it was apocalyptic in the beginning but then had a happy ending yeah there's a post-apocalyptic well it's not even so much just the happy ending it's that there's a post-apocalyptic feel to it in which but it's not and yet and yet ultimately it's not hopeless because there is a sense that you're you're moving somewhere cormac mccarthy's the road just came out in movie form and that is a that i'm going to just tell you right now that is unrelentingly and unrelentingly bleak 
there's just no there's no hope at all none we're all done for i find those books a waste of time because i don't think if there's if there's literally nothing at all that is redemptive if there's nothing that allows us to get beyond it i think it's pointless what is the point of a book like that it's not even a book which shows us how useless everything is so that we can learn from it it literally says nope we're done we're in big trouble and there's nothing we can do about it and you know have a nice day it's it's, i find that stuff very self-indulgent and this was not that way this actually had a suggestion you know and also this also plays off this idea not only does it sort of change the post-apocalyptic feel a little bit it also rather than assuming that robots go rogue which is one of the message of everything it does suggest although there's a part of that in the movie but it does also suggest that robots and humanity could work together ultimately and that humanity might not make the same mistakes the second time which i think is an interesting departure and so refreshing from what is the standard you know everything's going to die and we're all destructive and there's no hope which is sort of the new stand-in for you know wow we're edgy i mean just think about watchmen v for vendetta i am legend you know all of those which is just like yep humanity screws up yep we screw up yep we're terrible yep we're terrible this doesn't have the we're terrible message and on top of everything else it's family friendly we actually got to watch this with our daughter and she stuck in for about the first hour after which i think our you know she's not two yet and i think she was you know ready for bed at that point but it's the kind of movie that you can watch with your whole family and pick up different levels of it depending on who you are and your circumstances in life and how old you are Um, and this is one of the ones too that i think is is worth watching it with the director speaking over it partially because there's not a lot of dialogue so it lends itself well to that yes but also because it is interesting to uh, to hear the development of the different parts and the different stories and how how choices came about he worked on this for i think five over five years this yeah. is a long movie to come in the process so so and stick I, around for the credits at the end the credits are quite pretty yes they are and actually uh there's also a song the end credit song is done by peter gabriel and he was inspired by some of the stuff in here from peter gabriel Gabriel's shows. And if you know anything about Peter Gabriel, Peter Gabriel has these spectacular shows that he does. And Gabriel is a really good uh, a musician that I admire a lot. So there was a particular Peter Gabriel concert where Secret he had two, s- two stages, one that which was circular and blue and the other one, which is square, angular and red. And the director was inspired by that. And that's why the two characters, male and female, Wally is more of the kind of square, rusty male. And the uh, Eve is circular and bl- has blue eyes and uh, is very sleek yep yep so it's it's a very interesting movie i think very very well done yes i think it rises to the level of a work of art i don't know that i would call it redefining everything about everything but i don't have a lot bad to say about it i think it's clever it doesn't talk down to its audience because it doesn't talk a lot period and i think even the characterizations in there are interesting for example sigourney weaver shows up as the voice of the ship's computer which is kind of a cute little you know tribute to her position in aliens and all that kind of stuff so so a lot of good stuff her position i guess in the sci-fi world yeah she's she's a queen of sci-fi according to this guy so anyway i would i mean eight or nine for me i thought this is very very good eight yeah you think mm-hmm. it ain't? Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're going to say an 8 out of 10. And if you have a Blu-ray player, I would recommend it because it really is... It's as close as you're going to get if you're not in the theater to seeing a theatrical version because of how crisp it is and the sound and everything else. So I would recommend that. And I would say it doesn't matter. Just watch the movie. Yes. And that's because Clea doesn't understand. Um, So get the (laughs) Blu-ray. So 8 out of 10 for Wally. Okay. Second thing on the docket for today is the PlayStation 3. And you can find this at www.us.playstation.com slash PS3. This is the follow-up to... Is that a backslash? um, um, no, backslash is the other way. So no, I it is. Slash. 
Fat backslash backslash. Yeah, because it's going this way. Okay, so it's PlayStation. All of you in Radioland, it's going this way. You know, this way? <laughs> so it's backslash PS3. It's backslash PS3. This is the follow up to the shockingly PlayStation 2, very imaginative. But the reason we actually got it, in, beyond the fact that we needed something to sort of, you know, because it's been a difficult couple of months, is also because they just came up with a new slim version of the PS3, which is the one we got, which is only, which is 300 bucks. And with a bundle. With a bundle, and it actually comes with a couple of games and so forth. The PlayStation. PlayStation 3 is a gaming system, first and foremost, and that's one of the good things about it, obviously, if you're a gamer, which I am. You have certain games which are unique to PlayStation 3, like Assassin's Creed, for example, which I'll talk about briefly, like Little Big Planet, which Clay and I will talk about as well, and then other games of that kind, Metal Gear Solid, things like that. And then it will also play a lot of the sort of multi-release. Actually, Assassin's Creed is not exclusive to PlayStation, I'm sorry, but there are a lot of other games that are exclusive to PlayStation, including, I think, Little Big Planet and stuff like that, so it's worth it for that reason. And it's a Blu-ray player, so you're able to play Blu-ray discs and DVDs, although they are certainly very fine video quality. Blu-ray video quality is that much better. And so we'll have an opportunity to, you'll have an opportunity to really kind of see the best, the crispest video and sound and so forth. And this is one of the better Blu-ray players on the market. In fact, PlayStation, Sony has lost a lot of money on each of these systems. They make it back in software sales and, you know, things like that afterwards. It also has a wireless networking feature, um, and so it's able to update and download patches and do all those things for the games and it's all integrated very seamlessly as sony usually does um that you know that's not anything which has like the xbox has that red ring of death you might have heard of where the thing just stops working sony is well known for not having things like that most of the time and when so is the P- playstation is 4 well. coming out I don't, they, well, you know, normally the system life is about four to five years. There's some sense, though. I mean, I think this one, PlayStation 3 first came out maybe two, three years ago, and that was about six years after the PlayStation 2. Um, I would guess that it's not going to be any sooner than the PlayStation 2 gap. So we're probably talking another three years, and probably even a couple years after that, because the PlayStation 3 is not easy to program for. There's a lot you can do with it. And so I think only now are game design companies beginning to kind of understand understand the the power of the machine and are able mm-hmm. to sort of ratchet up to it so i think it's got a ways to go and you know especially since it's battling right now with the nintendo wii which we've reviewed before and battling with the xbox it's in kind of a price war and the last thing you want to do is release another next-gen system right in the middle of that so right. i think I playstation think they 4 is out a way trouble just to create a, a slimmer version that, exactly yeah. exactly so i think there are ways away from that they list their big slogan is it only does everything so it's an internet browser it's a built-in wi-fi it's got a hard drive it's Blu-ray. And there are a lot of things that you can do with it, including viewing movies and video photos and things like but, that. I, mean, so. I do I do find, too, that it's not one of those things where it does so much that it doesn't do anything well. Um, right. No, it doesn't so. have the jack-of-all-trades problem. Right. That's true. Uh, so it has a wireless controller, for example. And so you're able to actually plug it in using a USB cable. And when it's charged, then you can use it wirelessly, which, if you have a baby and a dog, is a very convenient thing. (laughs) And so it's very useful for that. And also a motion-sensitive controller, not unlike the Nintendo Wii controller. So that's a little bit different, too. Yeah, definitely. You know, the cutscenes are starting to look... The gameplay is starting to look almost as good as the cutscenes. Yeah, they've really improved that that as well. Assassin's Creed, which is a game that I played in one. And I'm going to review Assassin's Creed 2 in detail when I play that, so I'm not going to do a big thing of it, but Assassin's Creed 1 basically has you as an assassin running around um, the streets of these three medieval cities, Damascus, Acre, and uh, Jerusalem, and, you know, the sort of looking around when you're on top of the tower and sort of looking around around the city is really spectacular, and it's it's 
one of the, it sort of gives you a sense of what the graphic engine can do. And so there is an example where it's getting closer and closer to sort of the movie forms. And there are other games like What's that. What's the standard bundle? Metal Gear that produces as well. The bundle that it came with, which I didn't even know about when I went in to get it and they told me about it, uh, comes with a game called Ratchet and Clank, which, which is, is kind of fun. It has a character that's kind of like the fly was it the fly yeah um quark who kind of is a citizens you know like this big burly superhero but he's kind of stupid and right. ratchet is uh this creature called a lombax which looks vaguely like a i don't know a meerkat or something like that and then you've got uh clank who's this robot and the game sort of jumps back and forth between their two perspectives and there's a very there's a there's a fun storyline it would remind you a lot of pixar and animated films and stuff like that so that comes with it and then the other game that came with it was little big planet which i've seen some commercials for they they seem to be definitely showing that in their commercials for PlayStation 3. You want to describe what Little Big Planet is? No, I don't think we need to go in in depth. I think you've probably seen it. It's like, you know, you're playing like a doll or rag doll or kind of something like that, and they're dealing with stickers. And it might seem like it's kind of stupid, but it's something that's kind of done in a fun way where it actually is fairly engaging. And also, you end up being able to create, the, which is really sort of tapping into the power of the PlayStation, able to right. access the internet. So you can create and then play other people's levels right. and rate other people's levels and leave notes for people. And it's so it's moving closer and closer to this real sort of interactive game environment where you're really sort of playing in the worlds of other people. And then, of course, you're only limited by the number of people who have PlayStation 3s, right? right. And that's that's sort of the, the excitement that, that I think is associated with it. Or the amount of people with the creativity, Greg. You know, to use the PlayStation 3? Right, yeah, fair enough. It doesn't take just fair the tool. Enough. It also takes, you know, the, takes some kind of a brain. the desire and But a lot of those people are more out, are out there more than those who are just working at Sony. I mean, I guess that's the point. Sony's able to mm-hmm. tap into the potential of other people out there. So, right. so that's kind of neat, too. And that comes with the system. So you can get, you know, if you were to just get a Blu-ray player by itself, it would cost you about 100 bucks. So basically what you're talking about now is you're talking about something which has a 160-gig hard drive, I believe, which had, does videos, does music, is a Blu-ray player, is a gameplay player has a web browser and does all that kind of stuff connects to your tv for 300 bucks that's pretty good for sort of a multimedia system and it's something which all of the the especially microsoft is really trying to push for that all-in-one go to microsoft for everything obviously sony is kind of doing that as well and when the playstation 3 first came out it was very expensive and it came out at the same time as the wii which sort of blew it out of the water in terms of accessibility and things like that so i think only now really is playstation starting to hit its stride again so I have been impressed with the system so far. I think it's got a lot of good stuff, and uh, uh, I would say it's probably an eight for this as well for the PlayStation Three. I've been very impressed with its yeah, how it's rolled out. So I'd far. agree. Okay, so an eight out of ten for the PlayStation Three. Check it out, and it is, I believe, available in every country from which our listeners come. So let us know if you have one if you're living in Australia or England or another country elsewhere, because we'd be interested to hear that too. Okay, last on the docket for tonight is the Dungeons & Dragons podcast. And you can find this. Now, this is a little bit hard to track down. But if you go to wizards.com, that's www.wizards, W-I-Z-A-R-D-S.com, backslash D, the letter N, the letter D, backslash archive. That should bring you, I believe, to uh, a list eventually of the podcasts themselves. Uh, As you are leaving the Five League house... Um, you're maybe a few hundred yards away. You sort of turn back and you can see Barton waves at you with his big (laughs) hand. Uh, But you also see that there seems to be someone perched on the roof of Five League House back there. Uh, A small, almost spindly man. um, And he is basically just clinging literally to the top of a gable. 
What? What? Weird. Jim weird. Jim nudges Alafel and is like, stop the car. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop the horses. Okay. Yeah. Uh, why, that's why strange. We, why and we, we should not leave? Yeah, exactly. No. And, and it's, like, it's like as we're riding away, like I mean, Omen is actually sitting on the back of the cart, Jim. watching the back. I, I just I just jump off. Okay. Uh, when when you look back again, it's gone. Jim shouts back. There was a guy on your roof. He's gone now, though. Okay. He left. Do you know that guy that was on your roof? Guy. On your roof. Roof. Yeah. <laughs> he looks up toward his roof. Yeah, he's gone. He's gone now. <laughs> he waves. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I. He puts his hands on his hips. <laughs> no, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No. Wait. There was something on the roof. I saw it. Yeah. There was a guy. <laughs> and then, and then it was gone. Yeah. Jim trees back. He knows them. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're friends. Maybe he lives there. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, houses have guys on the Yeah, they just cling there, and that's, you know. Did I see like a man, but like a sort of a, almost like a childlike figure. Um, mm. And it was it was clothed in warm clothing. Uh, ah, you didn't see anything. It was long talons. Snow, All right, uh, not. A cloak of some sort. I, ju- I, ju- I jump back up on the back of the okay. wagon and, and hit it a couple times. Yep. Okay. You see Barton has uh, sort of got, moved back inside the building. To hang out with his weird spindly friend. <laughs> he his throat slit. <laughs> he goes, what? Oh, roof! I say a silent prayer to Melora to Excellent. watch over him as, right. as the distance betwixt us grows larger. And Jim starts in with 99 bottles of ale. A Gorman ale. A Gorman ale on the wall. It's going to be a long journey. <laughs> the I'll turn this card around. <laughs> and basically what this is, is an official podcast from uh, the Dungeons & Dragons people, the Wizards of the Coast people who do Dungeons & Dragons, the role-playing game. And it has a whole series of things about the game's development, about sort of news in the game world and so forth. But the reason that we became interested in it is because we found out that a series of podcasts had been done that was sort of describing game sessions, Dungeons & Dragons game sessions, with some members of sort of different sites around the web, these two guys who are cartoonists and another guy who sort of does Dungeons & Dragons coverage, along with an official Dungeon Master professional from Wizards of the Coast. And then the last two seasons, they've done three seasons of this podcast, starred Will Wheaton. Now, if you don't know that name, Will Wheaton is now sort of numero uno geek on the net. He's written a book, Just a Geek, and he still does other stuff. But his first job, and he still acts, but his first job was he acted as Wesley Crusher on Star Trek The Next Generation. So yeah, he we was just the saw young, him on Leverage. Yeah, he was the young Wunderkind, and he's still out there acting and doing stuff. And I, I want to read at some point the Just a Geek book, because I know that he wrote a blurb for my author friend Jim Hines, and I've heard that he, and he's a good writer. I mean, his blogging is very interesting, unusual, and clever, and sort of techie slash nerdy smart type of thing. So he's become sort of a minor internet celebrity in addition to his you know TV celebrity. So he has played D&D for years, and he also comes in to play a character in this. 
and it's a lot of fun. The podcasts are broken into about anywhere from half hour to 45 minute segments, and each one of them basically involves these characters going through these different adventures. But what's fun about it is, number one, they're all a lot of fun. Like, the guys are really have good chemistry, and they're fun with each other, so they make a lot of jokes that are funny. They, they have, they sort of get into the process of playing the game, and so there are all these moments. Like, for example, Will Wheaton, at one point, he's driving the cart as this one very sort of serious character who's an Avenger, and so he's got all this stuff, and he comes up to this gate of the city, and someone says, um, you know, are you going to be able to make it through the door, or something like that, and he says, yes, we can make it, and there's this pause, he says, we can make it if we try, just the two of us, and he starts going into the just the two of us song, very, very funny, so they do all that, they do sort of improv, almost, improv comedy, you might say, Well, if you've ever um, played- related to that. If you've ever played D and D, like that's that's really the only reason why I like to play D and D because it's an opportunity for you to get a group of friends together, and silly things happen yeah. as you're as you're going through doing things. Like the best story is we had that one set of friends that we did it with. We had um, cousins. And, but in the game, they played brothers, and one of them was a paladin, and the other one was an was assassin. He, ro- he was a rogue assassin. He's an assassin. And uh, they come across some guys, and of course, the paladin wanted to approach him very. The paladin, for those of you who don't know, is like a very noble knight, holy knight, right, really, holy like, knight. A, like a cleric who's in service to his god, but who fights as well. Right. So he started approaching him uh, in order to, you know, say hello and actually discuss with him. In the meantime, his uh, brother snuck around and uh, and killed. The assassin but the funny thing was the cousin the, the real life cousin was very sort of laid back and quiet so when his so when his cousin playing this brother the assassin killed him the guy the the, the real life guy looks over and says i'm just gonna have to ask you to stop doing that <laughs> <laughs> So it's 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 fun. It is a lot of fun. Dungeons and Dragons has always basically been fun because it's about storytelling. And there are some moments which people remember for being not just funny, but being sort of like, wow, that was really neat, or that was really, you know, I really enjoyed that, or that was uh, it was thoughtful that we went through that. So there are moments like that too. And the other but this guys has a lot of fun that's associated with the it other too. guys in it work for a company where they do kind of they do the what is it the text on some games, and then they also do cartoons. Or well, they do they cartoons, do comic books. yeah, Penny Arcade. So they do kind of comic drawing and uh, things like that. So they do cartoons that kind of go along with some of the things that came out of the segment. Right. And so that's kind of fun to see what they come up with as they're going through it. And they're all creative people in one way or the other. And as someone who does a lot of dungeon mastering, you know, game mastering in the past, it's been instructive for me to listen to how their game master actually went through and did yeah, it. Yeah, if you want to know, um, learn how to do the... They're up to number four, right? Uh, they're going to be starting season four at some point. No, yeah, no, no. The, uh, D&D... Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Fourth edition, yes. It's fourth edition now. And so you have... If you don't know fourth edition it's very informative and because you do get to hear what some of the new rules are i'm actually looking forward to getting fourth edition because i think it sounds pretty neat yeah it does sound now. like they've made some good changes and gone back to a little bit more to what the original D was about but i i do have to say two critiques one i really don't understand why they haven't improved their audio by now i know it's probably yeah. very very difficult because they have like five or six people that they have to not get. no but they only have four well, okay, plus the DM. Yeah, plus five, I guess. Okay, four. Five. And no. so I'm not saying that it's awful, but it is difficult sometimes to hear. The levels can be off. Normalize. It just is Normalize. very frustrating. Yeah. Um, and then the second thing is I, I highly recommend, especially if you're just finding this, this shouldn't be difficult, downloading a bunch at one time so you can listen to a bunch at one time. I can't imagine only listening to one and then having to wait 
however long until you usually, yeah. listen to the next one. I would think that'd be kind of frustrating and also maybe a little difficult to follow. Since we found this a little bit later, we were able to listen for the most part to them in big clumps. So yep. that made it a lot more engaging and fun. Definitely. But it's it's a lot of fun and, and Clea's right. It sort of captures the best parts of D&D in the moments that everyone just finds funny. You know, the constant bad die rolling. You know, the, they at one point they're trying to sneak up to this tower silently. And so, you know, they all set something up and then somebody, I think it might have been Will, I don't remember, but somebody rolls rolls the equivalent of one. So, of course, you don't know that, but you hear the die hit the table and then there's this pause and he says, so you guys remember those bells you gave me for Christmas? And it becomes this, so I'm ringing those right in the wall right now with a natural one. Um, so that kind of thing is very funny. And I, 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 Clea and I like witty, kind of clever humor to begin with. And it's true. We both have experienced Dungeons and Dragons before. I think you probably will enjoy this just if you like gaming generally. Now, if you hate games, and then why are you listening to us? No, um, if you hate games, go check yourself. No, um, if you hate if games and if you don't like Dungeons and Dragons, well, then you're, you're not going to like this. But I think even if you're just sort of vaguely, I've heard about that and it seemed kind of cool, yeah. then, you know, I think this is the kind of thing that you yeah, would I like. I guess if you want to know what those D&D people actually do, it's a good entry point for that. Exactly. What do geeks do with their time? Uh, this now you can know. So that's All the right. deal with that. So you should definitely check it out. I really like these. I do agree with Clea about the audio quality. They, they can Even if they had their own individual mics, which should not be that expensive, I don't, yeah, I don't that understand. would help. So the audio quality needs to be better, but otherwise I like it. So, yep. so I would say... I've given two eights, but I mean, seven? Yeah. Okay. I would say either seven or an eight. I really like these, but let's say seven. That's fine. Oh, and one note about that. This is not family-friendly in oh, terms yeah, no, of the language. Oh, yeah, lots of swearing. There's lots of swearing. They don't really talk about anything that's offensive, per se. No, but just they, lots of swearing. There's lots of swearing, so this is not family-friendly. Well, family there is, friendly. I think, one scene where maybe they, they, they do make a few... They make a couple of sort of off-color jokes, perhaps. Right. Yeah, this is definitely for adults, so... Um, the first two, definitely, uh, you know, Wally and PlayStation 3, no problem. But if you're going to do uh, for the podcast, definitely right. not family friendly. Right. So 7 out of 10 for that. So that's going to do it for us for this week. I want to thank everyone for listening. And uh, next episode, Clea, you know, is our 75th show, which is hard to imagine. This is show 74. Next one is I don't 75. Think, I don't think it's until like 100. Do we really get to say so it? So we really get to yeah. say it. Well, this is what I don't, this is what, 75th? It's a big deal. 75th anniversary is a big deal, right? <sighs> Yeah, I guess we can look up and see what that is. What that is. Like, what, if anyone knows, is that like diamond, super diamond platinum? diamonds, then you I'd can be send all those right that. to us. At, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we want to thank you guys for sticking with us. We will try to, our next show will be sooner than two months. I think we can pretty much say that for sure. Like, but, we um, have no problem recording it. It's that darn editing. It's the editing that's the see, problem. See, this is the problem is that we critique everyone else. So said the means, woman who was like, their audio quality. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So we're so busy critiquing everyone else. That means we set the bar so high for us that we can't put these things out like as fast as we'd like to. Not that we're perfect anyway, audio-wise, but I think yeah. we're better than we used right. to be. So, so anyway, uh, thank you so much for checking in with us as always. Please continue to spread the word to friends and family. Let them know about the show. And uh, please let us know what you think through the comment section on our website. And we will talk to you guys soon. Happy holidays if we don't hear from you or talk to you before then. Upon further review, I'm Greg. I'm Clea. See you soon. The proceeding was a presentation of Upon Further Review, hosted at www.furtherreview.net. As usual, all rights are reserved. If you liked what you heard, please vote for us at podcastalley.com, vitalpodcast.com, and add us to your list of favorites at podcastpickle.com. You can leave us a comment at www.furtherreview.net, drop us a line at upon at furtherreview.net, or give us a phone call or send a fax to 206-339-UFR1. That's 206-339-8371. And lastly, don't be afraid to express your opinions. 
We know you have them. Let them out. Feel the power. Or you could just blindly accept whatever we tell you is fact. That'll work. pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, it though. It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo.